everyone. Welcome back to Christmas Clatter, a special episode uh, for you. Uh, the first guest of the new format, the first guest in a while. And in fact, he was booked to be my first guest when I was planning on coming back at the normal time in the spring. But as everybody knows, that kind of went by the wayside. So here we are making things right. And uh, I, I'm so proud to have him on. If uh, you're not sure who that is, haven't seen it on the social media, you'll find out soon enough. But a little bit of housekeeping. I've talked about going weekly like in October. And a special announcement on that. We're going weekly right now. This is my first of the weekly shows through Christmas. So every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be right here on Christmas Clatter trying to bring you guys and, well, not bring it, you guys bring, you guys bring in the community, but uh, trying to make the best Christmas community we can and uh, enjoying this uh, sprint towards Christmas. As you look at your calendar, it is filling up fast. So I started, you know, planning, you know, shopping trips and, you know, times to go visit uh, some like historical sites that are really cool around Christmas. And that calendar fills up fast because the number of weekends is short and uh, for the rest of the year. So it is now officially the sprint towards Christmas. And uh, you guys may be tired of hearing me talk about it, but christmasclatter.live slash planner. If you guys want to get an actual physical uh, planner in your hands to help with your holiday season, that's the place to go. That's christmasclatter.live slash planner. That's uh, taking you to the Amazon page for the planner I I helped design. And uh, that would be a great support for the channel. If you guys are tired of me hearing hearing me talk about the planner, and I tell you the truth, I'm I'm a little weary myself. I'm not much of a salesman. If you're tired of it, just buckle up. As we <laughs> as we say in the house to the kids a lot, buckle up, Buttercup, because uh, I will be hitting the planner hard in uh, October. You know, because that's when a lot of people start really migrating towards the Christmas season and uh, want to get it into many, as many hands as I can. I believe the price on Amazon is $8.99, nine bucks basically. So uh, like I said, christmasclatter.live slash planner. And uh, if you've been one of the people that have bought the planner and many of you have, I appreciate it. If you could take some time and go leave a review on Amazon for me, that would be another great big help so i appreciate it all and i believe that is all the announcements uh for right now looking ahead uh long term looking ahead be looking out for the christmas puzzle exchange coming back this year um that will be probably a week or so before halloween when we'll when i'll start uh getting that organized and together so be looking out for that and um in a few weeks uh, not next week, but the week after our live, hopefully I'll be on the road. So it'll at least be from a hotel room, but it may actually, if things work out properly, it, and I, this is a big if, and it's a big promise. I can't promise it, but fingers crossed and uh, Christmas miracles do happen. If it's possible, the live stream will be from Bronner's in Frankenmuth, Michigan. 
So we'll see what happens there. If the live stream doesn't happen from there, there'll be plenty of times I'll be going live either on uh, YouTube, kind of spontaneously through the day, or Instagram or Facebook. Um, I'll be visiting there. So just uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, You know, it's not uh, next week, but the week after uh, we'll be there. And uh, I believe that is all the, the teasers and announcements I have and uh, let me bring on a, a guy. I don't, I don't remember if he's ever been on the podcast before. If he has, I don't remember, and that's a shame because I thought I remember everything. Maybe he can clarify it when he's on here. But I'm bringing in Art. A lot of you know him from Cozy Christmas Podcast, which he does a fantastic job on that. He also has a YouTube channel called The Bookshelf Odyssey. He's uh, known as Art the Bookworm. He just loves books. He's a he's a wonderful man, a great guy. I've, he's become one of my uh, better friends in the podcast community. We talk uh, quite quite a bit and uh, and enjoy his insights and his uh, perspective on things. And we actually got to meet last year and have uh, lunch together. And I showed him around our our little quaint river town here. Um, so let me bring him. Let me say it like this without any further ado. Here's my Christmas conversation with Art. So bringing Art on here, we did something a little different. A lot of people do a a movie review or a book review. And I had this idea of um, finding uh, a Hallmark movie was first thing in, in my mind. And, uh, and a lot of those have a book to go with them. And I was kind of looking for a movie that they also like just did the book adaptation of, uh, because that happens a lot of a movie had come out. I used to have it. I think it was the, um, I think it was the first Hulk movie that came out. I had like the paperback book version that was released either like at the same time as the book. And it was basically the exact same thing, just in book form. And, uh, so I was looking for something like that, but I, it was a little tough. So, I found a, a Hallmark movie that was based on a book. The book was still available in lots of places, and the movie was still available to see. And I settled on a book called The Mistletoe Promise by Richard Paul Evans. And at first, we're, we're going to kind of do this in segments. We're going to talk about the movie first, then the book, and then kind of uh, towards the end, kind of compare and contrast way what we liked, what we didn't like, and, and all that. So the movie... I, uh, came out and let me pull up my notes here. <clears throat> um, came out 2015, I believe. 15, 16. That's not, I guess it's not Country. all that important. It stars uh, Jamie King. A lot of people know her. Or I, I guess most people would know her from playing Lemon, uh, the character Lemon in the Heart of Dixie TV show. That's the only place I knew her from. I looked up her INDB and didn't really recognize anything else. And then, uh, and then it, um, and then the McFarlane actor that's in basically every other Hallmark movie is in it, and it, it's a story that he's a lawyer trying to make a partner, and the, it's a family law, and uh, um, yeah, and um, um. 
it's a it's a um, partner in he's in family law. He's a single guy, and uh, family law is um, in the family law firm. It is very important to like have a family unit, and um, so he doesn't have anybody for the holidays for all the meetings. There's this other lady who's divorced and her husband has half her business that she started her ex-husband and he's a big jerk and he always gets his uh, new girlfriend, um, all these spots. They kind of meet in this food court, kind of lightly propose this contract of we'll pretend to be each other's dates for Christmas things. And in traditional Hallmark fashion, fall in love and kiss in the snow at the end. <laughs> you know yep <laughs> so did i leave anything out art um I, well you, you left out my favorite part which were the uh the carolers at the beginning that kind of heckled them <laughs> yeah those were pretty aggressive carol carolers carol i can't even say it out loud say it off the side they were pretty aggressive i mean they would get right they were sitting there eating and they would they would come and like lean down in your face and play their guitar and sing you know and yeah. um it was, I, uh, I loved them. I, the, um, first time they appeared, I, I jumped out of my chair cause it just came through real loud. It, yeah. I had to rewind that cause I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, but they were funny. They were funny. I, you know, for Hallmark movies, a lot of people say they, you know, I don't want to just rehash what Hallmark movies are, but for Hallmark movies goes, this one was pretty enjoyable. Some of the acting was a little off in certain yeah. parts. There were some weird green screen moments too, but I mean, it's Hallmark, so I'm not going to expect, you know, you know, top, top notch uh, CGI or anything. But I really like the premise of the, you know, let's just, you know, pretend to be each other's date to get through the holiday parties to put up a, a, a front. Um, I, I really like that premise, except I kind of got confused because, you know, they, they were like feeling bad that they were lying to people because people thought they were a real couple. And then, but then somehow they, it, it's hard to explain, but they thought they were like taking the moral high ground. <laughs> you don't want it. And, uh, and, and so it was kind of a little bit confusing. You know, I'm, I'm confused just trying to talk about it. It's yeah. like, it's like they're sitting there, they're, they're, they're pretending to be this couple just so this, uh, Nick, uh, dare character can make partner because he has a feeling he'll never make partner unless he's, you know, moving towards being a family man. And then somehow that gets construed as no one's ever worked this hard to become partner before. It's what no one's lied and deceived before to get partner. So that just kind of was just. Right. Kind of left me wondering, you know, what's going on here. Um, and uh, she, you know, she helped him a lot more than, than he ended up helping her in this movie because it's supposed to be this kind of mutual understanding of, you know, you help me get through these parties and stuff and I'll help you get through your parties. But I don't remember, I don't remember if they, I think they went to one of her parties kind of thing and he had two or three to go to. So, yeah. And then he also helped out or tried to help out her, uh, 
See her husband's ex-husband's current girlfriend. Right. Uh, tried to help her out almost more than he helped her out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> the 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 current yeah, girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say it's an odd choice, uh, and I thought maybe they're going to try to do a love triangle there, but it didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there was a big promotion. They have this side gig, the um, Elise Dutton character in in the movie, the main character. She she's a travel agent, and she has a side gig in the movie where she helps um, underprivileged kids take um, trips to like historical sites and stuff. So it's a big charity part of her business and to do to raise awareness and raise money for it um the biggest news thing in salt lake city is the reindeer report and uh her uh elisa's ex-husband dan gets his new girlfriend who's this uh car model and, and kind of real ditzy and to give the reindeer report and and uh Nick, who's a lawyer, is like, I can help you with that because I have to memorize stuff all the time. And he's just off in the side room helping her, and they're just being real theatrical about about things. But it was just kind of odd. And then when uh, when the girlfriend gets up there to do the reindeer report on live TV, she completely freezes. And then that's when Nick shoves Elise up there, who just does a wonderful job. And I think they end up saying it was like the most reindeer watched reindeer report ever in Salt Lake City or 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 something and is that a high bar to pass though i wonder that <laughs> <laughs> well they said the reindeer report was like the most watched thing every year i guess it was like okay. even bigger than the super bowl i guess more people in salt lake watched uh the reindeer report every year than, than the super bowl or something but uh it was um it was an interesting movie it is worth i wouldn't like go way out of my way to see it but it is a it is kind of a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if if and a lot of Hallmark stuff is just kind of a fun wash uh watch if you just kinda you know, let it just wash over you a little bit and not not look into it too deep. So Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like a well, I don't know what to even compare it to, but yeah, it's just if you don't think too hard about it just enjoy it for what it is. I, I think you'll do fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's like I said, there's not a lot to say about the movie. There'll be more to say about it after we talk about the book, mm-hmm. but just the movie itself as a standalone, there's just not a lot to say about it other than it's the, you know, it's the decorating of the tree hijinks that they usually have a, a snowman building contest. That is something that's not in every Hallmark movie but it's in several, you know, cause it kind of replaced baking cookies with snowman building and there's almost tree decorating in every one of them, you know? So there's like a few other kind of side Christmassy events that they kind of rotate in and out. And this one had the snowman building and, uh, and, uh, that. So now let's talk about the book and I will say about the book, boy, that took a turn. <laughs> yes it did <laughs> um for those watching on the live stream and those listening to the podcast i will give this uh warning me and art will dance around the topic we will not get into it uh very detailed at all there is a main plot point in the book not in the movie this is book only of a uh accidental death of a child 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that's something that really just doesn't sit well with you that you don't want to listen to or anything, just, uh, you know, give us 15 minutes here and come back. Or, uh, if you're listening to this, I'll, I'll try to have the time stamp down to if we even glance over it, I don't know, we might be able to talk the first restless time without glancing, you know, without even talking about it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I want to, um, I just want to put that caveat out there because it is a subject that neither one of us would enjoy talking about or do right. it justice. And uh, so, you know, if that's the kind of thing that, that you're really not into, which I don't blame you because I'm not really either, or you don't want to listen to or not in the mindset for whatever reason, please feel free to, to bow out until a later time of this episode. But uh, the book is very different than the movie. Um, I don't want to get too much in a compare contrast right now, but the Elise, well, I don't, the Elise character is divorced, but she's not working with her husband and mm-hmm. they had a bunch of things go, go wrong. And then Nicholas is already a partner. All right. I don't think we can get through the book without, uh, just comparing the movies and telling the difference. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Nicholas is already a partner and he, instead of a lighthearted, like proposal of this mistletoe promise of pretending to be each other's, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, it was more of a formal promise, you know, cause he approaches yeah. her with it and, uh, Nick's loaded like crazy with the money uh-huh. and the- it's just yeah, it's, I don't know. it's such a it's such an odd book um, yeah i i had to laugh there at the beginning because similar to the movie you know after they make their agreement he starts giving her these lavish gifts every right. single day like in the movie but i, I it sounds like they're even more than what is portrayed in the movie and right. I keep thinking this, this poor chump, you know, he's going to have to keep that up now. <laughs> right. You know, you start giving your girlfriend these elaborate gifts every day. What happens when that begins to dwindle? You know, Oh, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> well, it does say that in the book that like the, I don't know, third, fourth day, something like that. She gets this cashmere scarf. That's like 600 bucks. And then the, uh, 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 a few weeks later, she lists the, and it's like a Michael Bublé CD was one of one of the gifts, and it's like. <laughs> but um, one of the big differences between the book and the movie the the movie takes place just in December, that's it. The book starts in November, works through Thanksgiving, and works its way to Christmas. So the time frame in the book's quite a bit bigger, and. Uh, Lise Dutton, instead of being a successful businesswoman and business owner, is kind of a depressed, frumpy uh, lady, you know, that's that's been through some hard things. And um, and the Nick Dare character kind of sees kind of the, the hidden, you know, diamond in the rough kind of thing. You know, not, not like pretty in pink or anything like that, but, you, you know, he just, you know, sees, sees it inner <clears throat> whereas in the movie the nicholas dunn uh their character is kind of i wouldn't say depressed but he's a little bit more frumpy <laughs> you know 
than the least character is, and he's the one you know trying to um make partner and and have things go his way. And it starts off the book starts off for me really great. Now here's where we get to the sticky point. Then it comes to the point of this Elisa's uh, accidental death of her child. And it's like, it's a whole different book for that little bit. It's like, yeah, such, such a curve. And it almost felt a little out of place. I'm not a big book reader art. I don't read a lot of books, but to me, it just felt out of place. Like it was almost shoehorned in there. What do you think of that? Yeah, I was going to say it really did, uh, especially the, the the manner of of death. And you know, I'm not going to go into details. It's just horrific, yes. and it's not graphically explained or anything. But it's still, you know, it, I, I I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> did you yeah. put a different book in here? And and then you understand, you know, I, I think she has then good reason to be depressed and you know, hate the holiday time. And, you know, I, I, I get that it's a, it's a good theme to talk about that, you know, Christmas isn't happy for everyone, right? but I almost felt like it went way too far with that idea. Yeah. Um, I think they could have had the know, same message without that. Um, yeah. and just have her like a divorced lady who had a crappy husband and a crappy, you know, she had an abusive childhood growing up in the book. Just having that and then a crappy husband that cheated on her and divorced her when she was in the hospital. Mm. I think that would have been enough of a oh, yeah. you know, tragedy that, that that they didn't have to bring this in. And like Art said, they don't go into detail, but they don't need to because what what happened, everybody can knows. But that that part yeah. really felt shoehorned in it, to me. It it felt a yeah. little odd that it was there yeah very very odd and i have some thoughts maybe you know my my thoughts as to what he was trying to do uh with the end and everything but i i thought actually the movie here did it better in that sense if um you know because i approached this book thinking well if hallmark made a movie out of it this is going to be a a nice and cozy christmas read and then Mm -hmm. it takes like you said that really hard turn and that kind of, you know, I'm glad I read it in September and not in, you know, December, because that probably would have put a cloud over my (laughs) feelings. Uh, But yeah, it's, and I dare say it was unnecessary even uh, to go that far in the book. But, um, but like, like I said, I was really enjoying, especially the beginning. It Mm -hmm. just felt Christmassy. He really was tapping into the Christmas vibes and everything. And then, and before you know it, you're, uh, boy, talk about a tragedy. Yeah, this this poor woman has gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out Nick has gone through his own share of heartache as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so two very broken people. Uh, uh, very, very broken people. That- right, right. We, uh, we find out Nick is involved in an accident that has people that died in it as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's... And, you know, through both, through Lisa's tragedy, it, it's almost like towards the end of the book, it, it, you know, the book with with that kind of follows the same uh, points that the movie did of the dating and falling in love kind of thing, except there's this lingering thing that 
Elise is always thinking if he finds out what, what happened, you know, he'll never love me and he's going to go away. And then we find out that he has a similar, uh, you know, tragedy in his life, you know, so he understands completely, you know, so he's not scared away. And then they, you know, kind of pull this turn to where he was actually involved um, with the investigation of that accidental death of Elisa's daughter because he's a lawyer and at the time he's working for the prosecutor's office, which I felt a little forced to, like you're going to create this false backstory of people that met before but don't remember, don't remember they did. And, and the parts when it gets to the heavy talking about their pasts and forgiveness and stuff like that, I, I understand the messaging that uh, Richard Paul Evans was going for, but it felt to me uh, a little out of place. Uh, tonality with rest of the book um that said those parts still did did touch touch me i'm i'm an easy crier in a movie and i listened to this audio book and there was a few times i was uh, was a little sweaty eyed you know even though i didn't think that it was um that it fit very well you know with everything else going on Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing is that I don't even I don't even remember any kind of warning on on the back of the book, you know, that right. the plot was even going to go in that direction. Right. And so it's very much marketed as a cozy Christmas kind of read, but then you get into it and you're thinking, "Oh, this is dealing with heavy stuff." Um, you know, there needs to be some trigger warnings on this book, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree because it is there is no um warning at all about right. any of it that that is happening and it's like what is going on here but overall i think that if you would have took and the book also had this towards the end try to put in this like cinderella parallel you know where he's the the prince charming and she's the cinderella and you know kind of thing kind of that kind of came in a little late and it's almost kind of like he tried <laughs> to make it the this quirky love, you know, almost it's almost like there was three books in one. This quirky Hallmark make a contract, we'll pretend to be boyfriend, girlfriend till we actually are. Then this story of how horrible our lives were, but you know, we can you know uh we can forgive ourselves and forgive each other for those kind of things. And then um and then at the you know at the very last chapters they um kind of shoehorn this like Cinderella kind of like oh this whole story's been a little bit like Cinderella you know <laughs> and you know it sounds like I'm hating on the book and I'm not I, I enjoyed it right. you know I, I thought the, the one part probably was a little bit too much but yeah I enjoyed it it was re- well written and uh yeah yeah um I was going to say uh your your wife there mentions that the the prologue um, refers to a possibility of a dark secret, which it, it does. Uh, I I thought it was more of um, like she like maybe the their contract is going to go bad or something yeah. or go wrong, you know? Because I, I was still in Hallmark mind, you know, and 
because in the prologue, she talks about, you know, if there's a day I could erase, you know, she knows what it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I remember all the details of exactly what she says there now, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think really take that prologue seriously then. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty dark secret. Yeah, yeah it, uh, it does say that. Go ahead. I was going to say, but overall, I, you know, I enjoyed it, taking it as, um, taking my mind out of it as a Christmas book, but just as a book itself, I, I think you'd probably enjoy it better just as a book on its own merit, not trying to get the Christmas feels out of it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there are some great quotes, uh, in the book that I, I thought were really, uh, thought provoking, Mm -hmm. uh, and I appreciated reading them. Uh, and, um, there was, uh, there was one I just had to, I laughed at, and then I kept thinking about, and it was the line that says, uh, the golden rule is a two-edged sword. If some of us treated others as we treat ourselves, we would be jailed. Yeah. <laughs> like, ouch, yeah, I needed yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there so, was a lot of thought-provoking in the uh, in the movie. Like, you brought up that, you know, if there's one day you can go back in a race, do you know what day it would be? And it's like, oh. Yeah, that is an interesting question, you know, to to consider. But uh, yeah, there. I, I really in the book, each book, the chapter um, opened up with like a, a entry from Elaine's diary, or not mm-hmm. Elaine, Elisa's diary, and a lot of those were pretty cool. You know, those were mm-hmm. really good, and uh, and um and things. So, Bart, uh, uh, Art, you reading? You read more books than me. You're reading what thirty books this month? Trying, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, for, for those that don't know, on the bookshelf Odyssey, Art has challenged himself to read thirty books this month. So, um, uh, the Mistletoe Promise as a book by Richard Paul Evans. In, in your bookworm opinion, what do you think of it? Um, boy, I don't know. It's <laughs> Good question. I, I I like what you said. It's like they try to take these two ideas and, and mush them together. You know, you've got the Hallmark film, which I think Hallmark plucked that, those parts out of it mm-hmm. and then left the rest. So the Hallmark film feels pretty shallow and, you know, in my opinion, barely can hold together as a film. Right. But I'm glad they took the stuff out, you know, and, yeah. and uh, but anyway, uh, then with the book, um, I, I, I thought overall, like I said, I enjoyed it. There were some great quotes in it. You know, if I were to give it a rating, I would probably put three or four stars out of five or something, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, he had some great things to say uh, about um, forgiveness and redemption, which I think is kind of a theme you find in Christmas stories a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, from Ebenezer Scrooge to, you know, to this story, you, you get stories of redemption. Um, I, I like what one reviewer I, I read of the book said. Uh, she said this, that um, you should always strive to live in forgiveness and redemption. With that being said, it is not always easy. And that's my struggle with this book. It's not easy. Elise made a mistake that cost the life of her child. Nick made a mistake that cost others their life. They paid the price for that, and perhaps they find forgiveness. Uh, so this book was a bittersweet read. Um, and she said there are parts she hated, not because of the writing style, 
but because of the painful content and then goes on from that. But uh, I, I like what she says there. And I, that's kind of the thoughts I had as well, that uh, this book deals with that heavy subject of forgiving, of forgiving yourself, of forgiving others. Um, and I thought what he had to say about that was, was good, that anyone can find um, forgiveness and redemption. Uh, although I got to be honest, and maybe this makes me an ugly person, it it really pushed the light for me as to if I could forgive a person like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm a father, I have kids, and it kind of hit close to home for me. But, uh, and uh, in, in any case, um, you know, I, I appreciated it because it got me thinking uh, deeply about that issue, which, you know, I, I always appreciate. But yeah. um, overall, it, it for the parts that were Christmassy, I, I, I did enjoy them. Uh, I, I thought they were just really well written. Um, it was parts of it were a lot of fun. And I was happy that they were able to be happy in the end. But it did feel a little forced and a little uh, like a little too much uh, at times. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I wish I wish we could merge the two together a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would have I would like to seen all the dates and interactions between Elise and Nick that were the uh dates and the parties. I would like seen that more in the movie and maybe embrace some of that Cinderella theme a little bit more. You know, not totally, but just a little bit more, and, and then um, pull a few things out of there to give it a little bit more depth in the movie. You know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, with with Elisa's divorce in the in the in the movie, and in the in the movie, she's working with her husband. He owns half the business she started. That would have been enough to be able to kind of make her a little bit, you know of a Scrooge or a little bit depressed. And then you could see, you know, how, you know, a relationship, a a solid uh, balanced relationship or, you know, giving caring relationship could pull her out of that, you know, spot, you know, especially through Christmas. And then that would have gave the movie a little bit more depth than it would have been. It would have been as shallow as it was. Mm, Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Maybe this was just me, but in the book, by the end, um, Nick comes across almost feeling like a stalker. Yes. Uh, just just because of that connection they had originally, mm-hmm. and she forgot about him, but he didn't. And then he like finds her. Well, he doesn't hunt her down. He kind of just runs into her. But then, I don't know something about that. Just kind of was okay. That's weird. But yeah. Uh, and then the, the lavish gifts and everything is kind of like okay, boy, slow down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was one of, one of the things yeah. that was like, uh, um, you know, one of the con- stipulations in the in it was supposed to be a contract, but they they labeled it mistletoe promise. Was he got the buyer um, uh, gifts um, yeah. every day, you know, and uh, um. So, yeah, it seemed a little bit much. Um, it well, it seemed know. like he was a stalker because he, in the book, he he made the promise to get close to her. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it was kind of a nonchalant kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I, 
felt like it was more a little more serious or deeper in the book. Or, yeah. Um, something like that along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you find out when you read the book, you think he comes up to or with this proposal of this mistletoe promise as a way to kind of navigate the holidays. And uh, um, then you find out that he actually used it to get close to her, you know, so he had like ulterior motives behind it. And it was just, it was, was kind of like, hmm, it's interesting, you know. Yeah. Which yeah. it would have been more fun if it was just like, hey, let's just get through the holidays. And then kind of like the movie was, hey, let's yeah. just get through the holidays, you know, helping each other get through these parties, navigate these parties. So we don't have to be asked about girlfriends or getting married or any of that stuff. And then yeah. it was like, it's a gradual thing. But I would say if, um, you know, if it's on, watch the movie. If you're interested in the book and you, you think you can, you know, grab a copy. It's not a, as far as the time involved to get it read, it's not a, it's not a big ask, Mm-mm. you know, um, it's available on an audio book. The um, narrator on the audiobook is very good, um, mm-hmm. which makes it really enjoyable. So, yeah, I, I did the audio book, audio book as well. Um, so it, that's kind of my, my trick this month for getting through so many books. Is <laughs> I, I just hit the audio book and uh, speed it up a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I ended up doing. Just listen to it just a little bit faster than a hundred percent. But right, it works. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah. It. Um, uh, where was it going with this thought? Um, so you know, I I don't you know they. The big question is, is the book better than the movie? Um, uh, you know, in this case, I would say, you know, looking at it as a Christmas, as Christmas content, right. um, the, mo- the movie by far is better just because I, I think they're able to show the the holidays are painful for them, but mm-hmm. doing it in a way that is a little more digestible for Christmas time, uh, right. which again, you know, I know that, people have suffered tragedies at Christmas time. Uh, you know, I know people who have, and it's, and it's not easy, but uh, if you're looking at it for Christmas entertainment, you know, I, I would go with the Hallmark movie for yeah. sure that they are in a way just do a better job. Um, you know, quality wise, uh, I, I would say the book is better, um, yeah. which I, so <laughs> I had to, after I watched the movie, I had to look up what the author thought of, this because i'm like wow he that changed it a big <laughs> chunk out of his book How, what did he think but uh, so i found this uh, article that was uh, he, he was he just said yeah i figured they would change stuff and uh you know that's okay the book books can always go deeper than movies can and you know he's just like well, it is what it is so i i figured hallmark must have given him a pretty big paycheck <laughs> I, i'm sure they did he, there is two more books in this um series i guess he wrote after Mistletoe Promise, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but I don't know if it's the same characters or not because at the end they kind of give a, they kind of wrap the characters up in the book. I, I agree with you. I would say as far as like better, I think the book is better, but I think the movie is probably more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, Schindler's List is probably a better movie, but I'll watch Dumb and Dumber, you know, every day of the week. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, not not to compare those those things, but you know, as far as just the the the, the you know levity right. of the movie and the you know quality of the movie kind of thing, um, right? 
the I did get Christmas feels from both, and I must say, I think I got more from the book. I think mm-hmm. I felt more Christmas from um, the book, although there was a couple scenes in the movie that really got me, especially when they first got to um, New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, there in the, that hotel room, and things are kind of quiet, and the Christmas music's playing, and it's just anytime it gets quiet and Christmas music starts playing, I, I'm all in 100%, you know. Uh, I'm an easy sell on that. Um, but yeah. yeah, as far as the movie or book being better, this one, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, if you're going for quality of work, I'd lean book. If you're going for enjoyable entertainment value, I'd probably go movie, but I could see it if somebody switched it the other way, just because of some of the subject matter in this mm-hmm. book just was like, just this, just too much. In fact, I got a, I got a message from from a, um, a listener who said he got to the certain part of the book and he was done. He's like, I like my Christmas entertainment, um, you know, on the lighter side, you yeah. know. And so, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Art, I'm going to switch gears on you. That is a mistletoe promise book in the movie, which is better. I appreciate you taking the time to read that book and watch that movie, so we could do this. Um, and I'm going to throw a curveball here on you, one that I have, but I didn't tell you about because I didn't want you to think okay. about it too much. For those okay. that, <laughs> for those that don't know, most of you probably do, but for those that don't know, Art is a big fan of this little book called A Christmas Carol. Mm, he, uh, heard of it? Yeah, he it's it's by uh, uh, Charlie uh, Dickinson and uh, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> Now you're pushing my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just have this question. We was talking about books and movies. Yeah. So which is your favorite movie adaptation of A Christmas Carol? Um, boy, that depends on the mood I'm in, uh, honestly. I I love the Alistair Sim version. Uh, I have a lot of nostalgia in it. I can remember watching it as as a kid with my dad and my grandpa. They would have it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like his performance as Scrooge. Um, but I got to be honest, The Muppets Christmas Carol is not only a good movie, it is a pretty faithful adaptation of it as well, yeah. uh, even even with Muppets in it. Um, it and I, I even have it on good authority that um, uh, uh, Gerald Dickens himself, who's the great-great-grandson of, of Charles Dickens, says that that's his favorite version as well, the, the Muppets uh, Christmas Carol. So uh, if, if the descendant of Charles Dickens likes it, then you know that's got to be the definitive version of, of uh, a Christmas Carol. Uh, I, I would almost go as far to say that there's never really been a bad adaptation, but I, I don't dare say that. Right. <laughs> I know there's a few that just didn't work, but uh, I, I always enjoy it when there's a, an interesting twist yeah. to to an adaptation or uh, they try to take it from a different perspective. Um, so I, I'm more open to that. But yeah, those are probably my two top favorite versions, uh, and it'll depend on my mood. Yeah, both those are both those are really really great uh, versions. Now I got another another Christmas Carol movie question to ask you. Which Hollywood actor or actress you think could play the next great Ebenezer Scrooge? Ooh, 
Um, boy, that's that's a good question. Um, I'm always up for it, but uh, no. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, um, kind of. I don't know why it just popped in my head, but um, is it uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston who yeah. plays Loki? Yeah. I, I think maybe he'd do a good job. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he could do that. Um, he, he might be a Scrooge that has a little more of an impish quality about him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I I like the range. He can certainly do the range of being, you know, evil. Not Well, not necessarily evil, but just, you know, mean to... Yeah. Um, to kinder, uh, I, I, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, he did a great Grinch, so he could probably do Scrooge as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the, uh, with Tom Hiddleston, uh, from, from Loki. Yeah. 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 That, that, um, that's not a thing I had thought of for, for Scrooge, but I think that would work. Kind of the person that kind of came to my mind when I thought of this question was Denzel Washington. Mm. I would like, I think he, I think he would be um, really great in that role, kind of grumpy and then can be, you know, really redeemed at the end uh, mm-hmm. type thing. Um, you know, also, you know, I kind of try to think of some other actors, but that's, that's just seems like a tough role to play because you have to be yeah. mean, but keep a likable characteristic about you. So there's something that people want to hold on and to, to care about, you know, mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Uh, like a couple of years ago when uh, BBC did the Christmas Carol with uh, Guy Pierce in uh-huh. it, I, I had high hopes for that cause I thought he'd be a good fit, but right. they, they really talk about your hard turn. Uh, they, they really took a hard turn. And um, like I said, I don't mind, adaptations especially of big changes you know if, if i always say if you want the original then just read the book it's right. it's fine uh but it uh uh i think they almost made him too unlikable because I, I don't know if you saw it but especially what he did with cratchit's wife and everything i just thought you know what that's just too far yeah uh that's too far for me so uh, yeah, so I, I think you can you can take a hard turn and go too far on on that, yeah. but it is a good balance. Um, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta walk that line. Yeah, we have a comment down uh, the Santa Dad suggesting John Lithgow. John Lithgow, okay, yeah, that would be that'd be great. He's always good. He's o- he's always really funny, but then when he plays a bad guy, he's always like super evil. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that would be a be a wonderful wonderful win. Well, guys, this wraps up uh, this episode of Christmas Clatter. Art, let everybody know where they can find you. All right. Well, I am on uh, the internets, so uh, you can find me there. Uh, now, you can go to uh, CozyChristmasPodcast.com, and that's my website for the Christmas podcast. Uh, it's I have high hopes of it actually being functional someday, but uh, you, you can find uh, the podcast there. Uh, or you can just go to uh, cozychristmaspod.com. It just takes you right to the uh, hosting side of the of the podcast. But uh, and then for the the bookshelf Odyssey, uh, I'm on YouTube. You can just look up um, uh, bookshelf Odyssey. I, I pop up. Uh, I also have 
Uh, on Fridays, it's going to start coming out more regularly, but on Fridays, I'll be having an author interview, which will be my podcast. And uh, there is a, just an audio-only version you can subscribe to if you like your podcast to be audio versus visual. Um, but uh, then on YouTube, I post additional video content and different like reading wrap-ups and talk about some of the, the book challenges that a group of us are doing, just different things like that. Um, October, if you like Charles Dickens, I have some Charles Dickens uh, video ideas I'm, I'm working on. So um, if you want to follow me over there, you can find out that if, if and when it happens. Turns out the thing I need the most of is more time. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you there, my friend. I hear you there. Yeah. All the links to arts, everything's will be in the show notes and descriptions. That way you guys will just be a tap, tap away. I want to encourage each and every one of you to join us on Wednesday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on YouTube. Because for those that have, we have a special uh, Q&A with art that's not a part of this podcast episode. It's only for those on the live stream. So if you guys get a chance to hang out with us live, please do so. We would love to have you. But until then... Remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day.